What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's August 27, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 50. In this episode, I'll be talking about if you should do a dirty bulk or a dreamer bulk, and why doing an upper-lower body split can help you make gains faster. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, And that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast, or maybe it was even the week before that. I don't even remember anymore. But I mentioned that I went golfing with two retirees the other week, and I actually legit was supposed to play another round with my new buddies. We were supposed to hit up Peel Village again, the same golf course. Tea time was around 10 a.m. this morning. But unfortunately, here in southern Ontario, there was a thunderstorm warning and a high heat warning so today thursday when i'm recording this podcast i think it felt like 42 degrees this afternoon which is just insane so we decided not to go in the morning but we're gonna try again next week though but now that that got canceled i had to figure out somewhere to play a round of golf this week If you're listening to this on Friday morning, then I do have a tea time for like 7 a.m. or something. That should be fun. This time I'm doing an 18-hole round, so that should be interesting. I double-checked the weather for tomorrow, and it could be the best day of the week in the mid-20s, so it should be a good time. I've mentally decided that I won't try to hit the ball as hard as I can. I need to just focus on just hitting the ball straight, and it should be good. Of course, me saying this right now is going to be probably different, or it's going to be a different mindset tomorrow, probably. I'm probably just going to rip it as hard as I can with like a 50-yard slice, but whatever. I'm sure you guys love to hear about how my golf game is going, so there you go. Yeah, so instead of golfing today, where do you think I went? Yep, just got back from the gym, had a little leg day, hit 275 for a few reps, Just got home from that, ate, showered real quick, and even though today was super hot, I was debating whether I should just go golfing regardless, but I actually don't think I would have survived. My Gatorades probably wouldn't have even been enough to power me through the heat. Even just walking from the gym to my car was already brutal enough. So me and my senior friends will have to try to hit up a round next week. Other than that, though, again, no sports news really, so I guess we'll talk about the gym since I feel like I spend literally half my day in there sometimes. I've actually been wondering lately if the gyms will ever make the vaccines mandatory here, like you have to be double vaxxed or have a negative test every time you go to the gym. I'm sure some gyms have uh, have been doing it, but not the ones I go to. 
I have a feeling if that does happen, then the gyms will probably be empty for the first few days or weeks after they announce that. There's a bunch of people I talk to in the gym who are just anti-vax and... Man, it's so sad to see. I mean, yeah, you're lifting weights and maybe eating healthy, and that'll give you a slightly better chance at fighting the disease, but to think you'll be completely immune because of that just doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm sorry if you're someone who's anti-vax and listening to this right now, but oh well. I mean, if you look at the growing cases here in Ontario, and all around the world, honestly, the unvaxxed people are now an overwhelming majority when it comes to getting and spreading COVID-19, and they're the majority when it comes to hospitalizations and, more importantly, deaths. The vaccine has been doing the job, and I really hope that we don't have to go through another sort of lockdown here, because, yo man, I've had enough... You can't really just say, oh, but there's a 99% survival rate. First off, that's not true. And also, that's not taking into account long-term effects that could happen if you do get COVID. Even if there is another lockdown, the data has suggested that gyms are really not a main factor when it comes to cases or outbreaks in most cases. But then again, I'm sure that won't even matter, and they'll close down the gyms again, which would be so dumb. I think this week it was a rolling average of over 600 cases daily where I am, with the unvaxxed or the unvaccinated people pretty much doing the work there in a bad way. And just five or six weeks ago, when we moved to stage three so people could start to gather a lot more than before, that's when the gyms were allowed to open and stuff like that. Just six weeks ago, we had less than 100 cases, and now we got pretty consistently 600 cases now, so this thing is definitely not over at this point, especially with the um, schools starting up pretty soon, actually, next week or the week after. I've been keeping up to date with the cases just once a week, not every single day, because I'm not going to go crazy and look this up, or do I even need to know what the cases are like 24-7, like... However, the news networks report all this stuff. And I've been keeping up with it in the Ontario subreddit, and that gives a really detailed report on cases and deaths between unvaccinated people, partially vaccinated people, and fully vaccinated people. There's even a breakdown of highest positive cases in regards to your postal code, so I'm glad to see that my postal code is not on that list. Anyways, on to some bench progress for the week. With my shoulder still inching closer and closer to full capabilities, I feel like I should be there by late September, so hopefully by the time my birthday comes around. And I mean to the point where pretty much nothing bothers my shoulder. But it's been good for a long time, just not perfect. In terms of performance in the gym, I finally touched 225 or two plates on the incline bench once again. That felt good, no pain there, and I think I got it for four reps or something, so I nearly got all my strength back. My sumo deadlift is at 280, and that's no straps and double overhand grip, and that flew up this week, which was good to see. Progress for that one should be pretty solid over the next few months, so I should be back to four plates in no time. 
I also squatted 250 for an easy six as well. Even bench press was easy this week. I worked with 255 and even 275 on one day for a few reps this week. That was on my story real quick. I didn't want to show the whole set though. Now pull-ups, that's something that has actually been pretty difficult. I was even reminded of my shoulder pain a few weeks ago, actually. I went to a picnic with my uncles and their cute little babies a few weeks ago. I mentioned that on here. I attempted to do the monkey bars, which should be easy, but supporting my body weight with just my left arm alone is actually pretty difficult. And that's been the limiting factor when it comes to my pull-ups. Even doing something like dips this week, I managed to do some reps with some extra weight hanging off of me with no shoulder pain. But even just bodyweight pull-ups right now are pretty difficult. By the time I get anywhere between 6 to 10 reps, I do start to feel a little bit of pain in my left shoulder. I've been monitoring that, making sure not to push it too much because I'm not trying to get injured again and have to deal with the whole rehab process again. I really hope that's the last injury I have to deal with. And the reason why I brought up my lifts this time is because there's something to think about when it comes to your time off from the gym and how long it could take to get back to your normal strength or the strength you used to have. I've talked about muscle memory before and how gaining back old muscle or strength is going to be a lot easier and going to be quicker than gaining new muscle. So I've been hearing before that it takes about half the time off to get back to that old strength. For example, if you've been off the gym for a half a year, so six months, then you should generally give yourself a good three months or so of training before you're back to where you kind of used to be. So testing that out on myself, so my last gym session in the US was mid-April. I had three months off that I just had to go through, so about 12 to 13 weeks or so. So technically it should take me somewhere between six to seven weeks to get to about where my strength was before. And taking into account that I was even rehabbing myself through a shoulder injury during those three months time off, I'd say generally six or seven weeks back in the gym and I am pretty much almost where I was at when I finished up my training in the US a few months ago. So I think that is actually a pretty good ballpark estimate on when it comes to gaining back that old strength, and I've tested that on my clients as well, and that seems to be a pretty good general rule. Anyways, okay, enough about that. Let's talk about some off-topic, big-screen stuff for a minute. I don't know if it's been completely confirmed at this point, but we finally know the name of the next Matrix, Matrix 4. The official name was on display at CinemaCon this week, so it'll apparently be called Matrix Resurrections, and man, that movie is actually coming up pretty soon, unless it gets delayed again. That one's going to be available to watch December 16 of this year, so that'll be dope to see in the theaters. That could be my first trip there post-COVID, but we'll see. Also, if you're in Canada, Matrix 1 to 3 are all available on Netflix. What is that? Matrix and then Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, I think. So that should be good to watch leading up to the next release. And onto the smaller screen. I think I read recently that Lord of the Rings, the show version, headed to at least Amazon Prime. They actually finished filming the season already. 
Unfortunately, it actually won't even be released until September 2 of next year. So, a 2022 release for that one. I almost thought the debut was going to be a few days from now, but it's actually next year. Question 1. Should you do a Dreamer or a Dirty Bulk? Alright, so this question is going to be a bit tricky because there are actually some pros when it, or some positives when it comes to dirty bulking. But I do think that bulking more cleanly and slower is probably the route you should choose to go down. So if you're unfamiliar with exactly what this question is even asking, then let's go into that a little bit first. So generally, when you're trying to build muscle, it's going to be a lot easier to do that if you're gaining weight, because if you're lifting weights, you're going to want to have more calories available right away to go to muscle growth, because more calories means more nutrients, possibly more protein, and you want that to go right to the muscle when it comes to recovery. And that's as simple as I can explain that. Therefore, you should be eating in some kind of caloric surplus in order to gain muscle as fast as possible. So usually when you're new and young, when it comes to lifting, it's a good idea to go into a bulk phase, which is again, where you're eating in a caloric surplus. And some of that could translate into fat, but it'll also transform into muscle if you're working out hard enough. And there's two ways to go about this so-called bulk. You can do it clean, or you can do a dirty bulk, or a dreamer bulk. That's pretty much self-explanatory, really. You can either do a clean bulk, which is where you eat in a caloric surplus, but do so by eating clean foods. So basically whole foods like chicken breast, or thigh, or steak, or fish. Or maybe that means more rice if we're talking about carbs. So basically just clean whole food sources, as opposed to a dirty bulk, which you guessed it, you can basically eat whatever you want, whenever you want, in order to achieve that caloric surplus. So maybe chips or chocolate, ice cream, pizza every few days, doesn't even matter. When it comes to these food choices, when it comes to a dirty bulk, again, it's probably a bad idea to make these highly processed foods a regular thing in your life. Especially if you've struggled with keeping foods like that out of your life. It could lead to bad habits. A little side note to remember is that it doesn't take a crazy amount of caloric surplus to gain muscle quickly. It could be as little as 200 calorie increase in your daily caloric intake. That's really something that you'll have to find out based on the individual or based on yourself. It's not like you have to eat in a thousand calorie plus... Uh, diet in order to start gaining muscle because at that point you're probably going to be gaining more unwanted body fat and that's why I think slow and steady with a clean bulk is the way you want to go the thing is I've been there I've been that young kid I went on a dirty bulk when I was younger when I first started to lift I'm speaking based on some real life experience on this too When I first got into college, my friends were telling me that dirty bulking was the way to go, and some YouTubers were preaching it at the time. I think it was specifically Chris Jones put out a crazy video showing his own dirty bulk transformation, and then showing what he looked like when he was shredded. 
So I figured I might as well do it. It'll probably be great for me. So I did that for a bit, and I do think it helped me break out of that mentality that I had for so long where I was just the same weight and I always told myself or told others that I couldn't gain weight no matter what I did. I think I was around 145 pounds at the time and I just barely started to lift weights. With my dirty bulk, like I said, I passed that plateau and I ended up getting all the way up to almost 190 pounds at one point. So I almost put on 45 pounds of weight. I wouldn't even say muscle. And I've never been that heavy before and never have gotten that heavy ever since, actually. I made a decent amount of gains, for sure. Gained strength I never had before, but after a while it was painful. Stuffing my face every day was tough up to a certain point. And I gained a lot more fat than I should have in such a quick amount of time that there was no way that I was gaining muscle more than I was gaining fat towards the end. I also started to get more acne on my back. That might be too much information there, but I noticed that I, uh, or I noticed that that started to happen since I was so deep into my dirty bulk that I was literally just eating everything in sight with not a single vegetable throughout that day because I didn't want to waste any stomach space on that, obviously, during this time in my life. And then doing that cut, or when it came to losing weight and seeing exactly what kind of muscle I put on, that ended up also being so hard because I was so used to stuffing my face every day, and then I had to go into a phase where I ate in a caloric deficit in order to lose weight. And that was tough because it took so long because, like I said, I had gained so much body fat. Not to mention, since my cut was so long and I was eating in a deficit for so long, my strength in the end was basically even worse than when I even started lifting, so that was another negative factor there. I mean, especially if you're just a regular person, slow and steady is a much better route. The clean bulk is the way you should do things. If you're a natural lifter or an everyday person, slow and steady is the way you should go. Of course, you're going to have to track your progress to see if you are getting stronger over time or if your measurements around your bicep or something like that are getting bigger as well. I think the pros of the cleaner bulk outweigh the pros when it comes to doing a dirty bulk. And in terms of tracking your strength, you're going to get stronger no matter what during a dirty bulk because if you have more mass on your body or if you weigh more, the chances are you'll get stronger in most lifts, especially something like the bench press. So that's another thing to watch out for when you're dirty bulking. Don't just think that because you're getting stronger every week that automatically means that you're gaining more muscle because you might not be. You might just be getting bigger overall. I think if you're a natural lifter, there are some ways though that you could dirty bulk without getting into any danger when it comes to your own health. You do have to be careful when it comes to a few things. I think you could still potentially benefit from a dirty bulk if you don't do it for too long of a time, maybe up to two months, like four to eight weeks maybe, if I had to just throw out a number out there. You don't want to do it for too long because that makes the whole cutting process a longer and a more grueling process, and you'll probably gain too much fat also. And if you are going to go the dirty bulk route, just try not to just stuff your face and just have no care for vegetables. I mean, just 
don't go too crazy. Like I said, it's going to be harder as you get bigger to determine if you're actually stronger. So if you're bulking and gaining two pounds of weight a week, that doesn't mean that that's two pounds of muscle you added to your body because that's going to be very unlikely or nearly impossible. And that type of progress is not going to be sustainable over time. I've said before though on the podcast that getting stronger likely means you're building muscle, but if you're gaining weight too fast, then it also has to do with simply the amount of mass that you've put on. When it comes to trying to gain weight and gain muscle as fast as you can with a bulk, it's going to be better for you to do a clean bulk in terms of health and longevity. If you gain weight slower over time and use actual food or whole foods to achieve that caloric surplus and not mass gainers or empty calorie foods, then you'll likely be gaining quality mass as opposed to just plain fat. Like, if you're going to add 500 calories to your daily intake, does that mean getting in an actual whole meal in there, like potatoes or rice with spinach, and a whole protein source like a steak or something? That's obviously going to benefit you more if that comes out to 500 calories, as opposed to having something like 5 tablespoons of Nutella. If I remember correctly, each tablespoon of Nutella is 100 calories, so if you have 5, 500 calories... So I don't know about you, but it makes way more sense to make, uh, or sorry, to go down the clean bulk route. A whole meal with steak, vegetables, and potatoes, or two slices of pizza, and or five tablespoons of Nutella, whatever. I think that makes it pretty clear that eating that whole meal with a balanced diet is likely going to be the one that'll pack on that quality or dense muscle that you want. Question two, what are the benefits of an upper lower body split? So when it comes to workout splits, the possibilities are endless really, but there are a few main ones depending on how often you work out. You could go with the bro split, which I think is just one body part per day. So you got your chest day and your arm day and so on. There's also a push pull legs routine where you could do like back and biceps on another day, chest and shoulders and tries maybe on the push day and then legs, then you can either repeat that or take a rest day then repeat. There's another way where you could do a full body routine as well and that could be pretty beneficial if you only work out a few times per week. So this question is asking about the benefits of an upper lower split. So with this one you're going to work out your upper body on one day So think chest, back, shoulders, arms, and then the next day you do lower. So that means legs, so quads, hamstrings, calves, and maybe glutes if you're looking to specifically target that area too. Now, if you work out every day in the gym, then I think doing an upper lower split could actually be pretty beneficial when it comes to your training and possible progress, whether that be weight loss or gaining muscle. And I think you can even make the case if you're working out at least four days a week, maybe even three, this upper-lower split could be something to look into and maybe try out for a few months. A main benefit, I think, of the upper-lower body split is that it gives you something to do every day. I was talking with this guy in the gym who asked me how many times I worked out. I said every day. 
He was pretty shocked when I told him this, but it's a little different for me because I work in the gym and I'll have times where I'll have a dull moment in my day between training my clients, depending on my schedule, and I'll have like a one or two hour window where I can work out during the day if I need to. So in my case, it's great because if I'm doing an upper lower split, I'll always have something to do every day. There's rarely a body part that's going to be missed because I'm in the gym for most of my day. And the upper lower split is actually pretty great for that because sometimes I'll do chest and back in the morning and then I'll have some downtime, uh, some downtime later on in the day and I can do smaller body parts like shoulders or arms if I didn't have time to finish or complete the workout in the morning. This is going to be a bit different than if I was, for example, doing one body part for day, per day. If I work out or I hit chest in the morning, I can't really do much for the rest of the day because it could interfere with whatever muscle I'm going to be working on the next day. With the upper lower split, you don't really run into that problem because the next day is going to be the opposite part of your body. Now, when you're doing an upper lower split, you have to be careful with the amount of volume you're doing per workout. I think just last week, or was it two weeks ago, I talked about ideal sets to do per body part per week. And that's somewhere between 9 to 20 or 25 reps, like I said. More if you're on the advanced side of things with a few years of experience, and probably less sets if you're new to the whole thing. I've personally been working out for 7 years at this point, and I don't think that's a lot by any means, but if I had started working out at like 12 or maybe even like 15 years old, then I'd be even more experienced. But, I just got into lifting and into this field 7 years ago, or 8 years ago now. I was already maybe 23 years old at that point, so I was probably past my true prime or past my peak testosterone years since I didn't get to take advantage of those gains that I could have made when I was younger and still growing, but that doesn't matter now. Regardless, I do feel like I'm probably considered a bit more advanced than most because of my experience, and I'm decently strong as well. So if I'm doing an upper-lower split, I would need to find or write a program for myself where I'm at around 15 to 25 sets per week with basically my whole body. And an upper-lower split, I feel like, is a good way to do that without going crazy with the amount of volume that I'm doing every single workout. So let me go back to when that guy at the gym was shocked that I worked out every day. Well, that doesn't mean that I'm going super hard in the gym every single day, going to failure every set for every single exercise and every single set I do. I listen to my body and make sure that I'm progressing the right way I want to when I need to. So I'll push it on days where I feel good and on other days where I'm busy or didn't get much food or fuel in me or maybe not too much sleep then I know to take it easy on those workouts. Another benefit when it comes to doing an upper-lower split, that means I'm able to hit something like my chest three times per week, maybe even four if I'm working out every day, but usually that fourth workout on a Sunday or something, that's usually a day where I catch up on muscles that I might have neglected throughout the week, 
due to sheer laziness maybe, or just being busy and not having the time. This is why this slower volume day is more of an accessory day or just a day for mobility, or hitting body parts that I mean to bring up but keep forgetting to do at the end of my workout, so something like calves or traps get a bunch of work done on that day in case I might have skipped it one day throughout the week. So again, if I'm hitting chest three times a week and I need somewhere between 15 to 25 sets over three different workouts, that means generally doing anywhere from five to eight sets of chest or basic whatever body part, doesn't matter. And that means good sets, and that should be a good start. That should help me progress and grow whatever I'm trying to do or just be stronger in whatever it is. Again, with an upper-lower split, let's talk about something like shoulders. With an upper-lower split, I could do shoulders three times a week instead of two times a week. That could come out to generally hitting shoulders up to like 180 times per year, since that means working out the shoulders every other day for a whole year, basically. I mean, not including rest days. Compare that to something like a push-pull leg split, where you're doing an exercise only twice a week. That means I could be hitting shoulders 120 times a year. Now, that's still a lot, but 180 times per year versus 120 times per year, that's going to add up over time, and that also means I'm practicing basically every exercise even more times and constantly getting better at it and trying trying my best to perfect it. And probably the last thing that I'll talk about today when it comes to the split is that if you're someone who can recover pretty quickly between workouts, like I believe that I do, and generally most people do if the program is designed properly to not kill you every day to the point where you're sore for a few days, most people should be able to do legs every other day or do upper body every day, as long as the volume or the difficulty of the workout isn't higher than the rate of recovery for that person, So that could maximize the amount of hypertrophy you could get from your workouts. That basically means you could be optimizing muscle growth and gaining muscle as quickly as possible, as long as you're recovering properly, training hard, sleeping right, and resting enough. So that's basically why I think that an upper-lower split could be useful for most people listening to this right now. I've been doing it for pretty much the majority of a year now, and I've made pretty significant progress, and I have some clients who have had the same experience with it as well. When it comes to doing any kind of split though, just make sure you don't get to a point where you're doing the same thing over and over again if you're no longer making progress. It's good to switch it up every now and then. Even if you're not someone who works out every day, an upper-lower split could still work for you if you work out three or four days a week. Again, just alternate every other workout session and make sure that you're hitting the minimum required 9 to 20 sets per body part per week and you should be well on your way to making progress in terms of bettering your health and getting stronger. And that concludes episode 50 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. 
And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopan.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.